0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, I'm the host of this show. And in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Byrd with Revive Ohio. Hey Angie. Today we're starting a new series and we're gonna be talking about the word sake. Today we're covering for God's sake. This is a thing that people say As almost an exclamation, they say, for God's sake. Well, what does it mean when they say that? And what does the Bible say about for God's sake? So that's what we're going to dig into today. Pretty interesting topic. I can't wait to hear what you have to say.
1: Yeah, it really is, Angie. I mean, the word sake itself, you know, is uh, defined as for the purpose of or for the consideration of. Or for the enhancement of, or for the advancement of. So, for the advancement of the cause of Christ, for God's sake, right? For his glory. How about if we say that, Angie? Yeah. So, for, for his God's sake. glory, right? Yeah.
0: So the things can actually get back to him and honor him.
1: That's right. Because that's what we live for, right? Right. That's what all Christians should be living for. Today, we're going to be looking at Psalm 143, verses 10 and 11. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, O Lord, for your namesake. I love that, Angie, because
0: we're talking about revive, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. Revive me for your namesake. Okay, Mark, why would he revive us for his namesake? Yeah, well, this is
1: David crying out, asking God to revive us. And personally for David, revive me, O oh Lord, for your name's sake, again, to bring glory to your name for the sake of, for the consideration of, for the goodness of, for the enhancement of your name, Lord. So revive that really me.
0: that really makes me think that's kind of a, a really deep topic that I hadn't thought of before, that he would do stuff in our lives for his name's sake. And, and for his sake and for the advancement of the gospel and for the glory, his glory. Yes. So when David's praying that God would lead him on the paths of righteousness or to revive him. Right. This is all because of him. It is. So that's just a deep topic for me. I'm just trying to get it all into my brain. Well, think about this, Angie, when the scripture says in his
1: presence is the fullness of joy. So who benefits from being in his presence? We do. We absolutely do. Who benefits from being in his righteousness? We do. We're closer to God. We're free. And I think that's what he wants for us. He wants us to be free for his name's sake, for the glory of God. Why? Why does God get blessed with that? Well, if you think about it in the natural, Angie, do you get blessed when your children are in your presence? Hmm. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, because why? It brings you joy, right? In the presence of God is the fullness of joy. So if we want joy, we better get in his presence.
0: Yeah. That really puts it to a practical everyday. Cause I guess I never thought about it as an everyday thing that no matter what I do, this is for his sake. So that changes every, everything that I do. Yes. Because. I'm now doing it for his name's sake. For
1: his name's sake. Mm. It is. And it finishes in verse 11. For your righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. For your righteousness sake, Lord, bring my soul out of trouble. Because when my soul is in trouble, who do I run to, Angie? I run to him. Mm. When my soul's in trouble, and that's what we do when we get in trouble, that's sometimes that's when we pray or that's when we come seeking God. Hey, get me out of trouble. For your righteousness sake, Lord. Why? Because he is righteous.
0: Yeah, that's the one that's making me think, Mark. That's good. <laughs> and
1: and I want to turn over in that same vein, and I want to look at a very familiar passage of scripture that we quote, and sometimes we just quote the whole entire chapter. But I'm going to pull out one particular verse, and that's verse 3 of Psalm 23. And I want us to look at that again. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, for his name's sake. And there it is again, Angie, he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for the glory of God, for the sake of, or for the enhancement of it, for the advancement of his name. He leads
0: us. Well, and that's, that's the whole verse three is he restores my soul and he leads me in the paths of righteousness. And I, I, I had to sit and think about that. Why would God want us to be on the paths of righteousness? And how does that benefit him?
1: Yeah, well, it benefits him because, again, it's the same thing that we just looked at in Psalm 143. When my soul's in trouble for righteousness sake, help me bring my soul out of trouble. It's the same thing that he's saying David is writing in this Psalm 23. He's saying he leads me in the paths of righteousness. He restores my soul. So the, the state of my soul... Needing to be restored. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if your soul is in a state of needing to be restored, it is in trouble. Yeah. It needs restored, refreshed. Well, it's all about relationship, Angie. And so that's the same thing exactly that Adam and Eve did when they sinned. They ran and hid, they were separated. And so they needed to be restored. And so what happened? God came looking for them. To restore them. Hmm. He wanted them to be led back in the paths of righteousness. Because where does the path of righteousness end? With him. With him. Yeah. So that's how he's leading us. He's restoring us on that path back to righteousness. Or righteousness, if we look at that word, righteousness means right standing.
0: With God. With God.
1: Yeah. So he's he knows for our sake, we're better off. In right standing with him. And so he's leading us on those paths back to him.
0: Well, and I think that's where he wants us to be all the time. Right. I mean, that's why we have Jesus to lead us back onto that path of righteousness. That makes sense.
1: Absolutely. And just like uh, we as parents, you know, uh, Jesus himself said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will I give good gifts to you? And I'm reminded that how much do we love it when our children come to us? And that relationship is restored. It is renewed when we are in right standing with them. So that's that's a good word picture for that. I want to go to one more scripture today in Matthew over in the New Testament, chapter five. And this is kind of uh, back in line, back in the vein of Time to Revive. And it is verse 10 of Matthew five. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. So who is righteous?
0: We are. Our Christians are. Uh, yes. Because we believed that Jesus has given us that righteousness through his blood. Absolutely.
1: And it's interesting that it says, for righteousness sake. Well, who is righteous? Jesus.
0: Well, and that's God's characteristic, right? It is. So it's really for God's sake. It totally is. <laughs> it is saying the same
1: thing. And here's the interesting part. The last part of verse 10, it says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So if we break that down, Angie blessed are they who are persecuted. Okay. In order to be persecuted, you have to do what?
0: You have to be saying something that people don't want to (laughs) hear. That's
1: for sure. Right. (laughs) And so it is it again in that vein of for God's sake. That's what we're talking about today. For God's sake, the what and the why, what we do and why we do what we do is for God's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because we are advancing the kingdom of God. We are advancing God's family. We are enhancing God's family. And how we do that is to talk about God, to share Christ, to share his forgiveness, to share his righteousness. And because of that, we will sometimes be persecuted, as it says. It says
0: it will offend people because the name of Jesus is spoken. It's offensive to the people that don't want to hear it. And that's a, that ties right into it. And I think we could do a whole conversation on just what it means to be receiving the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that is a, that was something that I started to dig into. And yeah, like I said, that's a whole nother thing, but, but yeah, you are given the kingdom of heaven. You are in right standing with God. You are doing what he asks you to do. You're, I always say, it's like, there's a groove that we're supposed to be in Mm. and that's where God wants us. And when we're in the groove, it's like smooth sailing.
1: It is. Because that was the original intent and the design for us to reflect the image of God. Mm. Back back to Genesis again. But one more time, let me read verse 10 out of Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so isn't it interesting who Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is for? It's for the ones that are getting
0: persecuted. It is.
1: Wow. We don't preach that much, do we?
0: Yeah. Well, pure persecuted is kind of a scary thing. It is, right? You don't right? want to think about being persecuted, but if you're speaking the name of Jesus, that could deter people. It could,
1: definitely. <laughs>
0: but when you think about the fact that on the other side of that, you're doing it for God's sake, for the sake of the cross, for the kingdom. Right. It's worth it, don't you yeah. think?
1: Yeah, for the sake of God and for the sake of his righteousness and, again, to bring glory to him. Now... I don't know any of us that would sign up for persecution, right? right? Okay, we're going to have a sign-up sheet at the back of the church today and yeah. sign up for persecution, right? right? It wouldn't be too many people running back to that.
0: Well, and that's true. I mean, I, when I put that in perspective of going out and talking to people and saying, can I pray for you? And then I think I could be persecuted for that. That's a scary thing. It is. I guess we need to think, not not look at the scary thing, but look at the end result. We're doing yeah. what the kingdom What God is asking us to do. What
1: God's called us to do, right? So the last piece of that, Angie, is so you go out and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to share the gospel because this is what God has asked us to do, right? We are the hands and the feet. And of course, in this instance, we are the mouthpiece of Jesus to go out and share the gospel with the lost, the broken, the hurting. Why? We do this for God the sake of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. Mm. And he's promising us right here for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And again, if you want to sign up for heaven, (laughs) you're kind of signing up for persecution.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually just reading a little bit more in verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely, For my sake, namesake
1: again, yes, for his sake, and it's for the sake of the gospel. It's just kind of like this. I'm reminded of this, Angie. Now, we don't tell people, obviously, hey, just give your life to Jesus, and everything will be
0: perfect. That's not necessarily true, right? Yes, yeah, you don't say that because it's not true. Our outlook is really great, we have hope, however there are things that will come up against us because we're trying to advance the kingdom.
1: Right. And Jesus said, count the cost, right? You have to take up your cross daily and follow him and make sure that you count the cost. And so in the same vein, Angie, that we're talking today about, uh, listen, listen, Uh, You don't just your life doesn't get perfect by you giving it to Christ in the same token. If you're going to share Christ, there will be persecution. Paul told Timothy, make sure you realize in this life you will suffer persecution.
0: Well, that's something to think about. I mean, like I said, it is worth it. It in is. the end, it is worth it. But just to know the reality that opposition comes against us when we try to advance the kingdom. That's just the way it is.
1: It is. And it's not us they're opposing.
0: No, that's and That's true. what
1: Jesus is saying here in verse 11. Like you pointed out, it's for his sake and it's him that they are persecuting actually.
0: Well, wow, that's a pretty deep subject. We're talking about being for God's sake. Why we do what we do for God's sake we could probably talk about this all day. there's so many references to this in the Bible. We we're talking about for God's sake, for the for his sake, for the name of the Jesus. I mean, there's we could go on. But we focused today our efforts on 143 Psalm 143 verses 10 and 11, Psalm 23 verse 3 and Matthew chapter 5 verse 10. We're going to continue talking about this word sake next week we're going to be talking about for the gospel's sake and how do we take what we learned today and put it into practical application and how do we get out there for the sake of the gospel so make sure you're listening in for the next time when we talk about that it's time now for our testimony
1: Hey, it's Mark Bird with Time to Revive. I am out and about today again, and today I am having the privilege of sitting and chatting with Gary Robison. He is one of our team members in Mississippi, and the topic that we're talking about today, Gary has experienced in a great deal in multiple states out on the streets. And Gary, welcome to the program today. Thank you
2: for inviting me, Mark.
1: Gary, I'm excited because uh, this topic that we're diving into today is the topic of, for God's sake, why we do what we do, Gary. I mean, I bet you've been asked that a time or two, like, Gary, why do you do what you do? exactly yeah and so gary thinking about that uh, specifically like we have to always be prepared to give the answer for the hope that we have of course uh, peter told us to do that right but more specifically gary if you would sum it up just in a, a few words or a short phrase gary why do you do what you do
2: well first of all matthew 28:19 commands us to do that and I had, uh, I had spent most of my life, uh, until I got involved with Time to Revive, I was in church uh, most Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, I was a deacon at church, actually the head deacon in a church, and I'd never led anyone to Christ. And um, it wasn't until I got involved with uh, Time to Revive that I did that. And then once I did it, I understand addiction now, because now I can't stop.
0: So you, you feel like you're addicted to leading people to Christ? Is that what you're saying?
2: What I've come to understand is that the more you make yourself available, the more God uses you and shows you what he sees in the eyes and the hearts of other people. And when you start seeing that the darkness in their eyes when as you talk to these people, the waitresses in restaurants and things like that, God starts showing you things that he sees in that individual and you can't help but share uh, it would be it would just be contrary to my character now not to share what he's showing me in that person and the hope of glory that we have to offer. you know it's it's an amazing thing being this light that the gospel calls us. And uh, and once you have a, a light, can't help but shine. And while I have plenty of perfections, we could write books about the imperfections. I could write books about that one thing that he it, he just magnifies that to me when when I run into someone that he's trying to show his love toward.
1: That's awesome, Gary. And now, thinking about this, Gary, so everybody that you share with, like, uh, I don't know what your track record is, but have you ever experienced where you tried to share the gospel with somebody and they were not with you, they were adversarial to you?
2: Yes. Uh, Now, in the South, when you go up and ask somebody if there's anything that we can pray with you about, generally, you're going to get the the opportunity to at least pray for them now when we were up in warsaw wisconsin now you had to find a whole different tactic in order to start a, 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 a conversation with someone but what i find here in the south is it's not so much atheism or agnosticism it's just apathy they don't care uh, the the individuals that I try to share with that don't want to take that step in hearing the gospel, um, they just don't care.
1: Yeah, Gary. So um, so once you fight face that persecution or that opposition, why don't you just stop?
2: I just I can't. I you know why why wouldn't I stop eating? And Mark's seen me and and he knows that I can't stop doing that. And and I can't stop sharing the gospel when God. Make, when he's gone to the effort of making an opportunity for me, I can't back away from it. And and, and the other thing, too, Mark, that I have found is uh, when we were in Sarasota, Florida, I actually had a guy pull a knife on me. And uh, uh, you talk about some resistance. But yeah. even in our conversations where he told me he worshipped uh, the Nordic god Odin, you know he had tattoos all over the top of his head and everything just got out of prison i made an initial approach to him and and he pulled the knife on me said he didn't want to have anything to do with me but but before i left there there was a break there in this in the situation before i left i went back to him and he looked at me he goes you know you're not such a bad guy and he shook my hand we made eye contact and i listened There was just something about that touch and that contact where God gave me the assurance that, hey, buddy, you planted a seed, and that's all I want you to do. And so who knows what's going to happen in that situation at a later time. But the thing that I know, I have the confidence and the assurance is that his word will not return void. And so I don't have any fear of rejection because I know that when I start talking to that person, even even a touch... But, you know, an eye contact, eye-to-eye contact, there's some light that is injected into that darkness. And and I just know that something positive is going to happen. It may not be when when I see it or when I'm there, but I know that I've planted that seed, and that's all I'm called to do.
0: That is a beautiful picture when you say that light is injected into them. I love that because any moment that you give somebody to show that they have value is going to be planting that seed. And I completely agree with you. However, you're pretty darn brave to continue that conversation after having a knife pulled on you. Oh my goodness.
2: (laughs) Well, the thing about it is we're out on the street. We're talking to people we don't know in areas that we've never been. And so the thought runs through your mind. What if something like that happened? But I got, I got to tell you, I had absolutely no fear in that situation. I, and I can't understand it other than it was just Christ in me, but because I, you know, <laughs> I'm going to run when normally when somebody pulls a knife on me, but there was just, there was an overwhelming confidence that I'm going to walk up and at least make an attempt to talk to that individual.
0: And God does assure us that he's going to give us the words. And if he's already prompting you to go in that direction, you know, he's got it all taken care of.
1: So, Gary, this is amazing. But what is it that actually makes you like, okay, I just got a knife pulled on me. Right. But what is it that makes you say, I don't care. I'm still going to go out and share because like for what sake for and and this is the word we're talking about this week, Gary, for God's sake, Gary. You know, your life is in danger by you going out to share the gospel in the United States of America. For God's sake, Gary,
2: why do you keep doing it then? Like I explained, it's it's hard to explain. But when, when God starts setting up circumstances that he wants you to share with someone, then I I, I, I just can't find it in me not to do that. Because I've got the confidence to know that if he set the circumstances up, and I'm I'm understanding, I'm beginning to understand this Holy Spirit. I was brought up in a very conservative religion. Uh, We we referred to the Holy Spirit as an it, not really a personality. And uh, so I, I just wasn't that familiar with, but God, if you've got an inkling of wanting to know more about Christ and how he wants you to be a participant in this life style that he has for us he's going to open all the doors that's necessary for you to go out and do that and then in that process he's going to eliminate intimidation he's going to eliminate the the fear he's going to eliminate those things that's in your character that that the enemy has you were born into and he's going to start changing those features of your personality to make you a warrior for Christ. I mean, stop and look at those those 11 guys uh, the night before Christ. They had no idea who Christ really was or, or what they were about. And it wasn't until the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit was infused into those guys that that they, they were willing then to go out and literally risk their lives to share this love of Christ. And what I'm finding is, Mark, is that all that people are looking for is hope. Uh, we we teach from 8 to 11 on Monday mornings at a rehab center in in, uh, in, in a place in Mississippi here, and um, Pam and I do. And listen, all of those guys got it. I'm finding out that all those guys wound up in addictions because they had a hole inside of them that they couldn't fill with anything else. Nobody else came up and told them that the hope of glory was what was going to fill that hole, and they got involved in other things. And we do that in in uh, illicit affairs. We do that in drugs. We do that in alcohol, when really the only thing that's going to fill that void is Christ. And listen, you know, I don't want to be called a Christian and not go do the way of a Christian. You know, uh, so uh, that's what keeps me going. I, I just see the emptiness in people's eyes, and I want to fill it up.
1: Gary, that's really good stuff. Now let me uh, let me ask you this for for our listeners, Gary, who are listening to this, and it's just like that's that's just unreal. That's that's not possible for me to get there. Like that's not me. And so, Gary, I, I would say for. Uh, asking you a facetious question, but Gary, but what do you gain from this? Like, what do you get out of this, Gary, by you risking your life and putting your life on the line and spending your time with these people, okay?
2: It's like, and I want to tell you something, Mark. Sometimes when you're doing this, you don't see the immediate results. And you wonder sometimes if what I'm doing really means anything. And so um, I was. Uh, Pam and I were going to Yazoo City, Mississippi, to meet with some other folks. And we uh, oh, it was early in the morning, so we were going to go eat at Huddle House in Oxford, Mississippi. And so we pulled in, and we had a thousand things on our mind. Set down. The waitress came over, asked for a uh, drink order. And we gave it to her, didn't notice anything, you know, particularly about the girl. She walked away, and we were sitting there talking, and as we were talking, I looked over, and she was washing dishes, and I saw one of our wristbands on her arm. And I thought, well, that's kind of crazy. So I called her over, and uh, she came over, and I said, where did you get that wristband? And she looked at me, she looked at Pam, she looked at me again, she goes, y'all gave me this. About a year ago, y'all gave me this wristband, and y'all prayed for me. And I go, yeah, I remember that now. And if you knew me, you'd understand my memory. But she remembered that. And she goes, i got to tell you something. She goes, I haven't taken this off since the day you gave it to me. And she goes, when I have hard times... When I'm really facing something I'm struggling with, she said, I just rub on that and, and look at it and read some of the scriptures out of my Bible that references on that wristband. And she goes, it just gives me peace and it gives me comfort. So in, in the answer to your question is, seeing results like that, God giving these little uh, nuggets to you every once in a while, and, and what he was doing, it was like he was patting us on the shoulder saying, keep going, just keep going.
0: Amen. What a great
1: story that is. So, Gary, we really want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, your busy day of sharing the gospel, because that's what you do every day, and uh, spending the time with us and sharing your heart with us so that our listeners can sit back and begin to examine, you know, our motives and think, why do I do what I do? And why do I live my life the way that I do? This is Mark Bird, and you have been listening to Time to Revive.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com.
2: We're community-supported Shine FM.